early on as I prayed through things with dozens of my students, time and time again, I came to expect that in that one hour prayer together, it would be life-changing for them. So when we pray through things and folks don't experience breakthrough, I'm always interested in discovering why. So today, I would like to talk to you about four obstacles that can initially get in the way of experiencing life change through prayer. Welcome to Unquenchable, where we discuss all things biblical theology, listening prayer, and Christian living. Each week, we'll share a discussion, an interview, or a story that will feed your spiritual curiosity, helping you to better understand the Bible and receive inner healing so you can grow in intimacy with Christ through prayer. If you have been following our Unquenchable podcast, you know that we're sharing the story of how we came to learn about listening and inner healing prayer and how we came to form Pray Through It Ministries. In summary of what we covered so far, our story began with my wife, Jen, joining the prayer team at our church and with me supporting her and believing in the importance of the prayer team. And at the same time, even though I'd spent decades taking Christian courses in Bible, theology, and ministry and taught biblical studies at a major Christian university, I didn't really see the appeal of why anyone would actually want to be part of a prayer team. Back then, I didn't really understand the power of prayer. But over time, I began learning how to listen in prayer. And in my own prayer life, this led me to quickly be able to surrender areas of my life to Christ and help me to understand the root of personal struggles of what was hindering the fruit of the Spirit in my own life. As I began experimenting with listening in prayer with my students, the results were nothing short of mind-blowing. As I prayed through things with Madison and Emily, we discussed in previous episodes, I couldn't believe what they were receiving. The imagery that they were seeing was so vivid and symbolic and biblical, painting perfect pictures of their internal struggles. Connections were made through prayer that they had never made, and they were able to be free from the lies they were getting in the way of their relationship with God, their families, and their friends. But after praying through things, they experienced breakthrough that had not come from hospitalization or Christian counseling alone. But even as I saw what was happening, I watched with a critical eye, not because I didn't want to believe, but because while I thought I was a very biblical Christian, I was in many ways basing my beliefs on the things that I had been taught and from my experience. So as I prayed with each person, I watched to see what would happen and asked, Lord, is this really you that's doing this? And I would try to watch for those things, which were so far out of my experience, that would seem that it could only be God that was doing these things. The next prayer session was just as impactful. In fact, so many things happened during that session that challenged my paradigms on a whole new level. He was suicidal, and he was so angry with God that he viewed God's relationship with children like a kid melting ants with a magnifying glass. But as I interceded for him in prayer, something shifted inside of him, and without my invitation, he literally fell on his face and accepted Christ. So many things happened in this prayer session that neither of us had categories for, that when he left my office, he thought, I might as well pack my bags, my professor must think I'm crazy. Surely I'm going to get kicked out of school. And I thought, what in the world just happened? Does God really do things like this? And immediately I left a voicemail for my pastor asking him, just help me process what just happened. What exactly happened in this session, you might ask? Well, do you remember in Revelation where the seven thunders spoke, but God commanded John to seal up the prophecy and not share it with his readers? I was always a bit frustrated for John with that. Why even tell your readers that you heard something if you can't share it with them? even ends his gospel in the same way. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them was written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for all the books that would be written. And then he leaves us hanging. 
But now I'm going to do exactly that on this episode because last week when I talked to this person and asked, do you mind if I share a bit about what happened during our prayer session? As part of Pray Through It's Story, his response was that he wanted me to wait until we see how his story ends. The way he said it still had a tinge of hope that his story would work out the way that he would want and that we would someday be able to share his story. Fair enough. So sorry, folks. That story is a story for another day. And I look forward to sharing it with you together with him at the proper time. Just know that what happened on the day that we prayed together was the beginning of a paradigm shift for me about how God works today. So like the seven thunders in Revelation, that story is sealed up for now. One of the reasons that I believe that God has brought folks like this person in my life is so that I can learn the lesson of 2 Peter 3.9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with us not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God's teaching both of us patience, and I believe that he's telling us, as Paul says in Galatians 6, 9, let's not become weary in doing good, for the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. This is an important lesson to learn because early on as I prayed through things with dozens of my students, time and time again, I came to expect that in that one hour prayer together, it would be life-changing for them. So much so that then when they would leave and share their testimony, they would look back on that day of our prayer and just see it as a turning point in their spiritual walk. In fact, just last week, I received an email from an unquenchable listener that just happened to be one of the students that I prayed through things with. And he says, I'm a student that you helped on March 13th, 2018. I'm not sure if you remember me, but I received incredible healing from the oppression that was laying hard against me. For this, I'd like to thank you. My life has been totally changed. I'm forever grateful. So when we pray through things and folks don't experience breakthrough, I'm always interested in discovering why. So today, I would like to talk to you about four obstacles that can initially get in the way of experiencing life change through prayer. The first obstacle to breakthrough through prayer is a failure to recognize how the Lord has spoken or is speaking to them. Often, when you're leading others to listen in prayer, they'll say that they're receiving nothing, What they often mean by this is that they're receiving nothing of significance. So when someone says they aren't receiving anything, it can be helpful to ask, could you describe the nothing? Is it all white? Is it all black? Is it swirling? Is it cloudy? Is it distant? One time, Jen asked this question, and the person began to describe their nothing as, well, I see a plateau with a well on it, and there's this shaft of light that's shining down in the well, and if you look down into the well, and they just went on from there. So obviously they were seeing a lot. It was just they weren't recognizing this as significant. Often the question that we ask doesn't seem to line up with the answer at first until later on we understand the connection. So this kind of confusion can needlessly cut a lot of prayer sessions short if you don't know how to help them express what they're seeing or sensing. There's more on this in our prayer handbook if you check it out at praythroughit.com forward slash media. At one point, I had a student come to me who was dropping out of school because of suicide attempts. He couldn't believe that God had ever spoken to him or would ever speak to him even in this session, but his friend's insistence led him to come and pray with me, a total stranger. So as we prayed, I asked God in prayer, Lord, would you show him? Is it true that you don't speak with him? If you have spoken to him, would you bring those times to his mind when you have? Immediately, he saw flashes of people whom God used to speak to him all throughout his life. And as he saw these things, his spirits lifted. His countenance changed, and his eyes brightened right in front of me. For months, the truth of God's love and care for him brought him to such a great peace after this. 
that he told his friends that he was completely healed. God had been speaking with him all along, and knowing that made all the difference. And there was so much more that he needed to work through, of course, but this was the major breakthrough that he was able to build his life on after that. The second obstacle to breakthrough through prayer is doubting concerning God's goodness or his willingness to help. Some that we have prayed with struggle with if God's truly good, and they may even spout out blasphemous statements against God. But usually their doubts about God's goodness are built on a lie that they're believing from some past confusion or hurt. Often when this comes up, you'll need to pause what you're praying through and then pray through that past event and what was believed in order to work through their issues of God's goodness. Then you can pick up where you left off. A couple of examples of lies that people knew weren't true but felt were true were God wants me to fail so he can punish me or I'm just bothering God when I pray. A third obstacle to breakthrough prayer is an unbalanced view of God's sovereignty and human responsibility. I must say that I love my Reformed brothers and sisters in Christ who celebrate the sovereignty of God and his glory. There's something beautiful and right when this theology is properly balanced with a view of human responsibility and God's love for us. However, when doctrines of God's sovereignty are taken too far, they can become weaponized against those who are downcast and struggling. Here are a couple examples. Jacob's mother dies, and he's told, God's in control. Everything happens for a purpose and his glory. And what he heard was, God killed your mom so that he could be glorified. When Emma's aunt died, she was told, God's trying to teach you something. But after several others in her family died, she struggled with the thought, when will I learn whatever lesson God's trying to teach me? And how many more people have to die before I learn this lesson? As Matthew struggled with a particular sin, he was told, God won't give you more than you can bear. He has given you this cross to bear or this thorn in the flesh for a reason. And so what he heard was, God is the source of your suffering. You struggle because God wants you to, and there's no way out. Or similarly, some have interpreted teachings of their church in such a way as they believe God owes them or they're to blame. Sarah's told something like, read your Bible and pray every day and you'll be blessed. So if something happens that's bad in the day and they realize they didn't do their devotions that day, well, she blames herself. But if she did read her Bible that day, then she'll think, no, it's not my fault. Or Olivia, who's told, if you obey God and stay pure, he'll give you the desires of your heart. But when things don't work out the way that she thought they would, she believes God has somehow betrayed her. All of these statements, when weaponized by the enemy, can amount to determinism, the belief that God has ordained every single aspect of our lives, and that if we're suffering, it's because God wants us to, or maybe even enjoys watching us suffer, and there's nothing that we can do about it. The fourth and final obstacle to breakthrough in prayer, for today's podcast at least, is bitterness. Hebrews is full of warning passages that emphasize human responsibility. Hebrews 12.15 warns, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Bitterness often comes as the result of the other three obstacles. So now let's review these four obstacles. First is failure to understand how God speaks. Second, doubt concerning God's goodness or his willingness to help. Third, an unbalanced view of God's sovereignty and human responsibility. And fourth, bitterness. So as you're praying through things and things come to a standstill, be on the lookout for these four obstacles. As we wrap up this episode, I want to leave you with a saying that has sometimes been attributed to St. Augustine and other times to Ignatius. Pray as though everything depended on God. Work as though everything depended on you. Pray as though everything depended on God. 
work as though everything depended on you. This is a quote that I've thought often about. I can't completely agree with it because it seems to leave God out of our work and us out of our prayers, but this quote is worth spending significant time considering because it illustrates the role of human responsibility within God's sovereignty. True Christianity is actively passive. It's a partnership with God that requires both submission and action. I've found that walking with God is often like a chess match with a master chess player. Often the master will move so quickly that you'll miss their move and then mistakenly wait for them to take their turn when really it is your turn to make. In the same way, often we're so impatiently waiting for God to make his move and he's already moved and he's waiting patiently for us to make that next move. But the shortcomings of this analogy, of course, is that God is not trying to beat us in some form of a game, but is graciously coming alongside of us to heal our broken world. Hurt people hurt people, but heal people heal people. And as John 3.17 tells us, Jesus has not come into the world to judge the world, but to save the world. Let's be among those he saves and who are continuing his kingdom mission of healing the brokenhearted, giving sight to the blind, and setting the captives free. Do you know that we love to host conferences, retreats, and discernment meetings? Our next upcoming event is March 12th and 13th in Lexington, North Carolina. It's called the Venture Out Retreat, where we will gather to pray through the verse, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We'd love to have you join us. But if it's already passed when you're hearing this, check out our events page, or also let us know how we can help your church or group. Unquenchable is a ministry of Pray Through It Ministries. To learn more about us and our ministry, check us out at praythroughit.com.